golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. I turn on the lights. I love the lane. Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy in Orlando, <laughs> Jeff Shane, in the house. Hello, Mr. Jeff. How are you? We only got time for a pimento sandwich That's tonight. That's right. I'm so excited. It's the eve of the Masters. Cue piano music. Oh, darn well, it. Can't we do don't it, have enough yeah. time tonight. <laughs> we have a loaded show of thanks. For those of you who are tuning in who might be used to hearing us at 6 o'clock, but we've got a special half hour tonight, courtesy of Tour Edge. We will be commercial-free, and we are going to go up to Augusta in just a few minutes to check in with a couple of our favorite golf insiders and get the scoop on everything that's going on up there in Magnolia Lane. Yeah, it's a, and a special guest because uh, we're going to be graced with Scott Michaud, the longtime columnist uh, recently retired from the uh, Augusta Chronicle. Uh, if you've ever read the, the, the feature story on the reigning champion uh, on the Augusta Chronicle, uh, Scott Michaud did that for years. He, did, he brought some amazing insight to some really in-depth reporting. And, boy, if you, I, I wanted his travel budget for those stories. Well, we're going to uh, waste no time. We're going to go straight up to Augusta because we're going to check in with one of our favorite golf insiders who uh, you're seeing them all over Golf Central this week. And, of course, big shout-out to all of our friends at the Golf Channel. And he was doing some play-by-play even at Valero. The one, the only, the best-dressed in golf, Mr. Todd Lewis. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> Good. So, you, the buzz has got to be intense. They're just finishing up the par three. Tell us what's happening on the hollowed grounds up there at Augusta National. Well, it's interesting. There's no really over-dominant storyline coming into the first round. I mean, I guess you would say Tiger. He's a, he's a dominant storyline wherever he tees it up. Um, we'll say this. He played a practice round, a one-day flying practice round last week, shot 65. Jack Nicklaus said, Recently, he played with Tiger Woods and shot 64, so his game uh, seems to be pretty good. And um, he's been echoing the fact that he has a lot of confidence right now, given the last 10 months. If you remember the Open, he had the lead on the back nine Sunday at Carnoustie. He was second at the PGA Championship, and then he punctuated his season with a victory at Eastlake in the Tour Championship. So he feels in his mind, in big moments like this week, that he has in past, recent past stepped up so he's got belief he's got confidence in his game um so you know he feels like he's in a good spot it is hard to believe that it's been 2008 todd since tiger 
won his last major. I'll put it into better perspective. Won the Masters, yeah. He, the, he, it has now been as long since he won his last major as it took for him to collect the 14 to begin with. You know, that's a, that, that's a good point. Yeah, so it is interesting. And he actually said that it's, he's surprised he hasn't won a major since 2008 at, at Torrey Pines. Um, but, you know, a lot of it's injury, a lot of it's self-inflicted with uh, what he was doing off the golf course that turned into a scandal. He understands that. But I think this is a confident tiger with low expectations, and I think that's a good thing. Mm. Uh, I, so, I agree, and he seemed, you know, another great press conference – where he seemed, you know, to me, Todd, and I, I know we're seeing it more and more, sort of this gentler tiger, but I would say, a, you know, looser, I mean, focused, right. but not, you know, as intense in a good way. Right. Well, he, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, listen to what Roy McIlroy is saying right now. If you paid attention to golf, uh, Roy McIlroy said that he needed to win the Masters in years past. Now it's turn from a need to a desire a want he said he's trying to make sure that golf doesn't define him he's thinking about perspective poise uh patience and all of those things those p's led to a w at the players and he's yet to finish outside the top six in a stroke play event this year so if you take away that internal pressure then you know still remain confident it really helps you out here's a perfect example of it not working jordan spieth Jordan Spieth in 2015 set the world on fire. That was his bar. Now he is nowhere near the way he was in 2015, and he is letting this define him. The fact that he is unhappy, he's putting internal pressure on himself to get back to where he was four years ago. And so because of that, he's in his own way, and he's really unhappy and not as confident. So when things get a little squirrely, it's hard for him to fight out of it. You listen so to the- that, that's, that's the issue that these guys – are fighting. Look, I've been out here long enough to know that they all got wonderful swings. It's how you handle adversity and how tough you are when things are not going the way you want it to. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel live at Augusta National. Jeff? But we, we hit on the two biggest ones, perhaps, Tiger and, and Rory. Uh, and does it surprise you? This is something that, that Holly and I were talking about before the show a little bit. Of the top 16 in the world rankings, there's only one that actually owns a green jacket right now, and we've already talked about him. It's Tiger. It has, do you recall a time where it's been so wide open and yet nobody can rely, except Tiger, can rely on having done it before? Yeah, there's, there's no player in the top 10 that's won a green jacket. I don't think that's ever happened here at Augusta National uh, for the Masters. Uh, once since they started keeping, of course, the world ranking. Right. Uh, no, I can't recall that, obviously. Uh, so, you know, but I, I wouldn't read too much into that. <laughs> uh, I, I really wouldn't because there there's there there are a lot of great players right now with a lot of confidence. You know, one player we're not talking that we haven't mentioned at least in our segment is Dustin Johnson. I mean, look what he has done. Yes, he's nine, won twice. Nine, nine, nine starts worldwide, six top tens, two victories worldwide. You're right. This year in 2019. Uh, he says he feels like he is swinging just as he was in 2017 when he was, if you remember, the early part of 2017 was just dominating until he fell down the staircase, ironically, uh, two years ago tonight and injured his back. Uh, so, 
I think he's going to be in the I, – I, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it is hard to predict, predict a favorite, an a easy favorite right now here on the eve of the Masters. Just out of curiosity, can we confirm that Dustin and his brother are in a ranch-style one-story this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I have been irresponsible to not find out that information, <laughs> Jeff, but I apologize for that. Hey, another guy who's uh, – floating under the radar and probably liking it, but has really got his game back in form and plays extremely well here at Augusta. Paul Casey, what do you think about him, Todd? I th- I mean, look, you look at Paul Casey, you look at Francesco Molinari, you can even, even go with somebody like Keith Mitchell, who's playing here for the first time. There are a lot of guys, Kevin Kisner, I mean, there are a lot of guys right now who I feel like are on form. Um Good ball strikers. You're not. Here's what you're. Here's what I'm seeing. Majority of the players that are winning on the PGA Tour in 2019, it's not about a streaky putt or anything like that, or it, or you know hitting 99% of the fairways. It is about hitting greens. Guys who are good ball strikers and hit greens. And I think that is why it is so wide open right now. How about a uh, guy sitting at number 10 on the world rankings who I've liked ever since he came out, Xander Shoffley. I think he's good, but I think he's not as confident as other players are right now. He uh, did make it to the knockout round in match play. He missed the cut at Valspar. Uh, if he does play well, he would have to turn something around because as of late, he has not been playing well. But I, but I think he's okay. If you're looking for a sleeper, if that's maybe your next question, I'm going ahead and jumping in because i got to be you on got the it. top there. Yes. <laughs> I, would, I would keep my eye on Louis Oosthuizen, uh, who has played well here before. He finished second at Valspar, which was just a few weeks ago. He made it to the knockout round at match play. Something has triggered with him, and he likes playing here. If you remember, he's the only player who ever made a double eagle or an albatross on the second hole. Uh, and he's nearly won this wonderful tournament uh, a couple times, too. I think he has found something over the last few weeks, and I think he will be in contention come second nine on Sunday. I, I like that pick. All right. Well, Todd, we know you got to get on the air at Golf Central. Give us a quick, um, w- w- what's the coverage for the next couple of days in terms of Golf Channel? Well, we're going to, we talked to a bunch of players today that you're going to hear from uh, about what they're thinking tonight, getting ready for tomorrow, their emotions, their mentality. I go one-on-one with world number one, Justin Rose, uh, who's come close to winning here. He's finished second twice. Uh, and the chairman, Fred Ridley, had some interesting conversations about maybe altering this golf course and kind of intimating that maybe the USGA and the RNA should look at possibly rolling the ball back. So we're going to have a discussion about that as well. So we're having good stuff. Awesome. All right. Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Catch him on Golf Central at 6 o'clock as soon as we're off the air, but more uh, Golf Insiders coming up. Thanks so much, Todd. See you guys. All righty. Jeff, um, okay, so we've – Rory, Jordan, DJ, uh, let's see, Paul Casey, who I know you are very fond of. Yes. Uh, Ricky Fowler, obviously a favorite, T- T- uh, tied for second last year, 2008, which kind of went past me. I sort of had forgotten, um, given uh, Patrick Reed's victory. But um, well, he you was know. the guy that played solid. We had we had Jordan Spieth, you know, making the great run. We had Rory, who had a chance to tie early, and we thought, oh, this is going to be the year he gets that career grand slam, and he misses the eagle putt on two, and then he starts tumbling down the leaderboard. And and Ricky just kind of played very strong, uh, had a great back nine, 
uh, and wound up putting some – actually, he did put some pressure on Patrick Reed, but at that point, Patrick Reed just needed to play a really solid 18th and bring it home. Uh, a lot of buzz for Mr. John Rahm. Um, you know, sort of faltered at the players, sort of. <laughs> I mean – Bad decision. Bad decision. Yeah. Big bad decision on 11. Um, says he's learning from those situations. How do you think his temperament uh, will work here at Augusta? I, I think that, that there's that balance. And, and everybody has, has had to go through that, uh, maybe some more than others. We talk about Bryson's temperament, John Rahm's temperament. Well, part of the reason that they're so successful is they have this burning to win. And and you don't want to lose that. What you don't want to do is is get yourself so far out of your rhythm, out of your mind, so to speak, uh, that it affects your game. But I think John Rahm has been great in terms of his learning curve, learning golf courses, learning how to deal with tour life. Uh, you know, kind of the the next and maybe biggest hurdle is learning to deal with his his own. Uh, burning desires and and how how to balance competitiveness with performance and calm, but uh, he's going to look good in green one of these days. I I won't say necessarily it's this week, but it seems like we have a dozen storylines every year. I think John Rahm is going to be a storyline every year. It's just a question of when he gets to put the jacket on. Well, I think that's part of um, some of the interesting conversation and. Uh, that that Rory has been letting us take a peek inside his brain over you know the last few weeks through the Florida swing and his press conference in the Masters even more revealing with all the the mental focus that he's putting on the game and how you know he's gotten to a point where he's a decade in and you know he's learned a lot. He made a comment about he was getting thrown out of bars and you know Ponte Vedra at nineteen. Him he, too, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, just an everyday guy. Hey. Um, some of us, you know, have 40-something and still doing that. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see him, you know, with the retrospection now. And, um, hey, breaking news, he's meditating. Hello. <laughs> um, you know, it was very uh, interesting. He talked about the fact that he did. He actually meditated for 20 minutes before the Players' Championship. So when you think you don't have time, <laughs> you know, five <laughs> minutes to, you know, sort of check out for a little time out. This, I think, is what Roy's really starting to focus on. And, you know, we've always said golf is between the ears. It's yeah. between the ears. And, and then where do we spend all our time? We spend our time, you know, banging balls on the driving range. He actually hinted that he was spending more time on the mental game than his practice time. And when you're as talented as Rory, you can afford to do that. <laughs> but uh, uh, I do believe, and I, I think we've, if we haven't talked about it on the air, I know I've said it to you uh, in the Bay Hill press room specifically, uh, there's a zen about him now that uh, was not there before. And, and I think some of that did come from youthfulness, and he's now settled down. He's just shy of his second uh, anniversary in terms of getting married right after the 2017 Masters. And so uh, it, I think it's a different Rory out there. Well, we are uh, very excited to have a, a new golf insider joining us tonight, but he's no stranger to Augusta. 20-plus uh, years at the Augusta Chronicle, someone I know, Jeff, you know very well. Scott Michaud joins the Golf Insiders. Hello, Scott. Hey, how are you guys doing? Very well, and I'm sure uh, as a 
as a Virginia Cav, you're very happy about what happened the other night at the NCAAs. Oh, very much so. I, I didn't realize I've been tense for the last 35 years until uh, <laughs> we got that nice uh, relief uh, at the end. So I, I, I was thrilled to see that. I was thrilled for that team. Well, speaking of tense, we know the nerves will be uh, ratcheted up tomorrow morning. Um, share with some of our listeners any any insights in terms of what you see, what you've seen the last couple of days, and what's how's the course looking? What's the weather forecast? Fill us in. Well, the course looks great. It's very lush. We had a very uh, wet uh, growing season over the winter, so it's probably lusher and softer uh, than they would like it to be, and it looks like it's only going to get a little more rain on it this weekend, perhaps a lot uh, come Sunday, which uh, perhaps could favor a guy like Rory McIlroy, who always likes a soft golf course as long as he's not having to play in foul weather. So, I, you know, I think you're going to see, uh, see some of the big, longer hitters uh, thrive in a year when the course is going to play a little bit longer than you and softer than usual. Having said that, though, there it, the, there have been a couple times when the course has been really wet, and I don't know if we get to that point, but shorter hitters have won. I think about Zach Johnson and Trevor Immelman kind of overcoming the odds. What would it take for a guy of that distance off the tee to usurp Rory and or Justin Rose and or DJ? Well, those guys did it with iron play. I mean, Trevor, uh, you know, setting records uh, for, for you know, hitting par fours. And uh, Zach Johnson did it with his wedges uh, without laying up, by laying up to the par five. So when you have guys who are that precise, they can overcome the disadvantages of, you know, not being a long high ball hitter uh, like some of these other guys uh, are right now. So it, it takes a very precise uh, iron play for those guys to overcome uh, their disadvantages, but it, it, it's been done a number of times. So going back to Mike Weir as well. Yeah. Speaking of the other guys, one of the fellows uh, who seems to be overlooked um, and thrive on the fact that he he does, Brooks Kepka coming into Augusta. Um, what do you think his chances are? He seems to ratchet up with these majors. I remember listening to him at the presser um, at Shinnecock, and you know he seems to have a methodology about how he approaches majors and and just dials in at another level. He seems to have figured things out, certainly. I mean, it's amazing that uh, he's won three major championships since the last time he played at Augusta National <laughs> uh, because he missed last year and with that wrist injury. And he said he even surprised himself uh, with the success that he had when he came back from that later that summer by winning, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. So uh, he's certainly, I mean, the, the comfort level a guy like him will come in with now uh, to Augusta you know, knowing that he doesn't, as Tiger says, you don't need to win one. You just want to win one uh, is going to be uh, is fun to see. He's never had the great finish here yet, but he has such a limited experience uh, on the golf course that, that I'm curious to see how this Brooks Kepka measures up to this golf course. But he certainly has every tool that he should have. You're listening to the Golf Insiders in this special edition preview of the Masters. They'll be teeing off tomorrow morning. We're talking to longtime writer for the Augusta Chronicle, Scott Mishu. Scott, the other major holder that that is not defending but kind of rivals what uh, Kepka's performance over the last eight, nine months is Francesco Molinari, 
who not only finished well last year and, of course, had that great Ryder Cup, but he's uh, won at Bay Hill. He's finished third at at the match play. Uh, It seems like he's really been able to carry that performance over. Uh, Does he have enough experience to win here? Well, he certainly does. And the, the, the funny thing about Francesco is, you know, he started working on his putting. The putting is what held him back at Augusta in the past, and that's what's kept him from having any really high finishes. He's been on, you know, his best have been around 20th kind of area. But he said he really thought his game was was perfect and exactly what it was and what we saw late in the summer and at the Ryder Cup when he got here last year, but his putting hadn't come around. Now he's added that putting element and he's playing the same kind of golf that he did at the end of last year. So he feels very confident coming into here for the first time that he really knows now how to play this golf course. Uh, And it would be such a great story because his first uh, encounter with this golf course was as a caddy for his brother. And he played with Tiger Woods uh, when his brother was a U.S. amateur champion. And his brother introduced uh, Francesco to Tiger on the first tee and said, this is my brother. He's a pretty good golfer, too. Uh, and it would be quite a story that 13 years later, uh, after wearing a caddy bib at Augusta National, uh, he was able to put on a green jacket. Uh, nobody's ever done that before. Yeah, that would be a great storyline. Kind of speaking of storylines, uh, I was talking you up a little bit earlier just in the fact that for years and years and years you had the responsibility of the big, big profile of the reigning Masters champion. I'm just curious which of those... Uh, they, all those that you have done maybe stands out most to you? Well, I've, the ones I enjoyed doing the most were the ones when I got to go uh, to Argentina to see Angel Cabrera uh, and go to South Africa to see Charles Schwartzel and go to Australia to see Adam Scott. You really got to see the appreciation that those nations have uh, for guys winning the Masters and how that green jacket transcends uh, you know, global borders. Uh, it's just astonishing how much the people love uh, their champions in those places. And those are the ones that I really enjoyed doing, telling stories maybe that are uh, a little different than the the Tiger and the Phil uh, who we've become so familiar with over the year. It's hard to get a thing like that that, that's new and different. Uh, So those are the ones I've really always enjoyed doing, telling the stories of of the Mike Weirs uh, and the Zach Johnsons, you know, who who were maybe a little bit off the, the the radar of most golf fans. Well, Scott, we know you've got a big dinner to get to tonight, and we certainly appreciate you spending a few minutes with us here uh, in Orlando. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, Scott, Thanks, Scott. Mishu from uh, the Augusta Chronicle. Uh, speaking of the weight of your country on your shoulders, um, a guy who is – played very well here the last few yeah. years Hideki Matsuyama <laughs> and he's uh he's the one that 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 really does carry the weight of the country I was uh uh talking to my friends over at the uh, the RBC Heritage which follows next week and they have a defending Japanese champion Satoshi Kodaira and the re- credential requests for him don't come anywhere close to Hideki Matsuyama but uh, we know how talented he is. He's uh, earned his way. First time he played the Masters was at, as the Asian Pacific Amateur Champion. And uh, I do wonder, uh, he's, he's played so well in a lot of other things, but the, the majors, the big stage, 
where golf is played between the ears and you start wondering, this is going to be such a wonderful victory for my nation. How do you get beyond that when you have so many uh, of your people uh, just waiting to jump for joy? Yeah, and I would add a few others to that um, bucket. Uh, ben Ahn and Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim, who I think is a dark horse. He played very well at Valero, the, the Valero Texas Open last week, held the 54-hole lead, is a former Players' Championship winner, so he has performed on the big stage before. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, a special edition here on Wednesday, the eve of the Masters, courtesy commercial-free of Tour Edge. Check all their latest clubs out at touredge.com. And um, all right, if we go down again, the the world rankings here out of the top 10, um, Justin Thomas, there's somebody I've got my eyes on. I heard him um, in an interview say that as his team, they've looked at really upping uh, his focus and play at the majors. So it'll be interesting to see how Justin does. Yeah, he's got one, but now can he can he add another one to the list? The unfortunate thing is is that he's been about uh his his past month has not performed very well. He's fought, kind of fallen off. Well, we got to wrap it up here, Jeff. Uh check out the Golf Insiders. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram and um a uh, quick mention, Marilyn Smith, one of the yes. founding mothers of the <laughs> LPGA, passing away yesterday just shy of her 90th birthday. And we will miss you. One of the all-time queens of the personal touch, whether it was a phone call, a handwritten note, uh, beloved by everybody related to the LPGA. Absolutely. So it's the biggest week weekend in golf. The Green Jacket, who's going to have it on Sunday? Quick, Jeff. I've got Rory or DJ. It's chalk all the way for me. Oh man, you know what? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna twist it around on you. I'm gonna go with your pal, Paul Casey. Okay. All right. We can do that. Hit him straight. The Golf Insiders will be back next week. Bye bye. Crazy music.